Good morning, friends. Coming to you all the way from Germany. I am going one step further into my fantasy football obsession and putting my thoughts into a bit of a podcast for your enjoyment and entertainment. Some of you might not have the time that I do to pay attention to the news and uh, updates across the league. People like Randall, two kids, Mike, two kids, Nate, one kid, Tommy, one kid, and buying and selling a house. And uh, let's just be honest, I'm five and one, and everyone else could just you know, use a little bit of help. Thought I'd make things a bit more challenging for myself and give you all some extra information. So I'm going to run through the matchup this of this week, just sort of point out things I see, things I like, mostly opinions. I'll toss in some facts to support those opinions and you can take that information and do what you will with it or just ignore entirely. That's up to you. But I have a lot of free time and I like fantasy football, so we'll just get into it. So first up, we have Dan Daniel Jones versus Martis Martas uh Martis Marta Tommy. A lot right on this game. Number six versus number seven. They're right at that playoff line. Winner's going to hop in. Loser's going to fall down. And it got kicked off last night in the Thursday night matchup with Dan playing Cortland Sutton and Harrison Butker. Butker, number one kicker in the league right now for good reason. Kansas City scores. And Cortland Sutton taking that second year wide receiver jump has not had fewer than seven targets in a game yet this season. He's not blowing up, but he's consistent and he's getting the volume, which is what you want from your receiver. So still currently favored is Tommy by about seven points with uh, Dan's 36 on the board. And I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's going to be enough for, for Tommy the way it kind of looks. With um, Zeke playing Philadelphia, Philadelphia has a stout run defense. So if they're going to have to score, it might not be through Zeke on the ground. It might be tough sledding for him. Meanwhile, Josh Jacobs would have a huge game against Green Bay, who's terrible against the run if he can get it done against Chicago, then he should be able to get it done against Green Bay. And uh, Oakland's without one of their receiving options, and Tyro Williams now with, uh, I think, uh, plantar, plantar fasciitis. I think maybe that's turf toe. I don't know, but he's not playing, so they're down one option. So they're going to probably really rely on that run game. Uh, on the other side for Dan, Le'Veon Bell playing the Patriots again. Last time they played, he only had 35 yards. He hasn't really done much yet this season, but they're going to need him to do anything and everything to keep up with New England. So he'll probably be getting uh, passing work in a PPR league. That's what you want to see from a running back. I don't know why he still has Latavius Murray in a starting lineup with Marlon Mack coming back from after the bye. Uh, I mean, Alvin Kamara might not play, but even if he doesn't, I don't know if Murray is the right play there. That's his call. But he does have uh, Gallup with Amari Cooper set to miss the game. Uh, Gallup's going to be the number one receiving option. And if you can do anything against Philadelphia, it's uh, you can throw the ball on them. So he could end up having a very, very big game. So I don't know. I think this one is pretty um, evenly matched. I think it's going to be tight. But if, uh, if Elliott struggles uh, at all, Tommy could be – Tommy could be in trouble, so this one could go Dan Jones's way, especially with another shootout destined to be happening uh, in the Atlanta game with them not being able to stop anyone and uh, Matt Ryan needing to throw the ball to keep them in everything. So we'll see. I think Dan Jones comes out on top in this matchup. Next one we have, oh, we have a price battle. Daniel Price versus Mike Price. Number two versus number eight. Dan, or sorry, Dan Price currently projected at 140. Mike Price, 128. 
Let's see what we got working down the way. Running backs, not crazy about for Daniel Price. Frank Gord did not practice in the most recent practice. And Devin Singletary will be coming back from injury. They're rookie running back, so he might not be seeing the volume that he would otherwise be seeing. They are playing Miami, so it's very likely that he could just get a goal line score or two. They'll probably be putting up a lot of points. Uh, James White, they'll probably be needing no, sorry, James White, they won't be needing. The Patriots are playing the Jets. They only, they only really ever need James White be when they're trying to stay in a ball game because he's their, cat, their pass catching backs. So I don't know how much work he'll actually see this week. Running backs on the other side. Kenyon Drake, I've heard, is actually being shopped around for a trade. Miami's open and he wants out. So if I don't know, I don't even know who's in in the running for him right now or what teams are even interested, but he could be on a new team very soon. And if it's not Miami, it's an improvement. So Mike could have a, a, a value added there to him sooner rather than later if any of that turns out to be true. Right now, going against Buffalo, it's not a good matchup. Buffalo's stout defense on run and pass, so don't like or don't think we'll see many points from Drake. Austin Eckler struggled last week with the return of Hunter Henry. He had been living off of those check down, those dump off throws, and that's another role that the tight end can fill. And Hunter Henry did well. I think he got over 100 yards and two scores in last week's game. So uh, Tennessee also has a good run defense or a good defense in general and not much of an offense. So this could be a low-scoring game. I don't know how much we'll see from Eckler. Um, Daniel Price does still have Amari Cooper in the lineup and projected at 21 points, and they're leaning towards him most likely not playing. I don't know. I guess we'll have to go to Metcalf uh, in the sense that or if Cooper, in fact, does not play because his other receivers, Tyro Williams, like I said earlier, um, has turf toes, not going to be playing for the Raiders, and Deshaun Jackson hasn't played since week one, so that's his only other option at receiver is uh, Metcalf, so a bit of a downgrade, but still probably keeps him favored a little bit uh person who should have a huge game is evan ingram coming back from injury against the cardinals who are the worst team against tight ends the only tight end who hasn't had a huge game against them so far has been tyler eifert this season for good reason he hasn't done much of anything against anyone but with uh barkley coming back and sterling shepherd most likely still missing with the concussion uh ingram's going to be one of the few pass catching options for the for the Giants and if Arizona can keep pace and they'll need to throw the ball to keep um keep putting points on the board and Ingram could have a huge huge game wouldn't be surprised to see over 100 yards and multiple scores from him uh other side um Robert Woods has been so-so but again he's playing Atlanta so could have a huge game there Kenny Galladay is clearly the number one guy in Detroit Kenny G for short, running smooth, smooth routes. Had a big game last week. We'll need more from him to probably keep up with Minnesota. Mark Andrews has been a surprise, you know, top five tight end, currently number three on the season. Seahawks ranked 29th against the tight end, so Ravens could be relying on him a lot in that game if there's any sort of points being scored. And uh, Marquise Goodwin has not done much on the season, but he is a burner. And playing Washington, the deep ball will be open, and he'll, he only needs one to have a good a good outing. So I think the matchup is right where it is. Deanna Price is number two for good reason. He has a solid team, and uh, Mike has been struggling, though, three and three. He's right on the cusp of making that jump in the playoff contention, but I don't think it happens I don't think it happens this week. I think Daniel brings in another one and stays at the top of the top of the standings. Next up, another bit of a lopsided matchup. Number three, Robert E. Robs versus the 
bottom-ranked Thundergun Express, Mr. Handsome Nathan Thompson, got off last night and has been uh, – last night wasn't great for him. Patrick Mahomes leaves the game with a knee injury. What I've read is um, speculated to be a dislocated uh, kneecap, and they're still pending MRI to know for certain what to be expected, but he will likely miss at least uh, three weeks is um, one of the reports I read, and if it's any worse than what they think it is, then it could be longer. So he's been the one shining light on Nathan's team that has been struggling, and without him, it is not going to get much, much better. Tough times are likely ahead. Uh, last night on the on the other side of the ball from the Chiefs, he had Philip Lindsay at running back, who has been on proverbial, I don't know, ping pong game of uh, workload with Royce Freeman. Last night, Royce Freeman got the bulk of the work and Lindsay uh, barely saw anything. And that's been kind of the way it goes. And he's had a few back-to-back games, but if it's not him, then it's Royce. And it's hard to predict, you know, who it's going to be and when. Um, Robert E. Robs, also 4-2, and two, number three team, one of the top scorers. Dalvin Cook, stud running back. Aaron Jones uh, struggled last week with Jamal Williams coming back from injury, and uh, it could be similar. I mean, Oakland isn't much of a threat. I don't think they'll be in any need of any, like, pass-catching work, which is uh, Williams' specialty, but he broke off big runs on the ground last week, and if he's got the hot hand, they might just stay with him. Aaron Jones might not put up the numbers that he's been putting up with Jamal Williams back on the field. Julio Jones um, was looking at a great matchup against the Rams. And then of course they go and trade for Jalen Ramsey. Um, Julio's a start against any defense in the league. Just things just keep getting worse for the Falcons right when they're going into a game where the Rams have been beaten recently, have been giving up and they get a defensive piece. It's going to make things a little bit harder for the receivers, but you know, he could eat against anybody. Lockett, Playing Baltimore, uh, Baltimore's defense has not been much to be scared of. They're currently ranked 22nd against wide receivers. So he is one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets. And now without Will Disley uh, at tight end, they'll be looking to him even more, I would imagine. Down the list, and uh, Freeman's first big game. I think I read it was his first time over 150 scrimmage yards since like 2017 because he didn't play all last year and it's just been kind of struggling. So maybe that pace continues uh, with Atlanta's terrible offensive line. Um, Ryan has to get the ball out quick. So Freeman can see a lot of work as the pass catcher and in a PPR league, again, full point for every reception, regardless of yardage. Uh, those can total up really quick, really quick, quick, quickly. So they will likely need his sure hands uh in this matchup with Aaron Donald it's gonna be breathing down Ryan's neck the whole whole game I don't see that hat being any other way I don't think anyone else uh no substitutions I would really make here everyone on the bench I mean DJ Shark for Jacksonville uh struggled last week because so did Minshew but other than that he's been um kind of lighting it up down there I don't know who I wouldn't sub anybody in his place. It's just some of the depth that Rob has on his team. Christian Kirk, if he plays, he'll be 100% healthy. Uh, is another good receiving option in Arizona. So, you know, a lot of good options on the bench uh, should injuries start to plague the team. But so far, that has not been an issue for Rob. Part of the reason he's uh, number three in the league right now, one of the top scorers. So, big difference in projected points. Uh, 154 for Rob, 118 for Nate. And... Well, none of the scores are really held true to projections so far this season. Everyone kind of exceeds their projections. I imagine the finishing scores are going to be similar to what the spread is now. Uh, I'm sorry, Nate, but it is not 
not your year. Next up, we have another matchup below the playoff line. Number nine versus number 10. Chase's auto pick chumps against Nick's Birds of War. Chase currently favored by 10 points. Um, the struggles that he has seen from Mixon uh, have been disappointing at running back. Currently ranked 28th running back on the season, but Jacksonville is 26th against the run. So maybe he will try to get back on track. Maybe, I'm sure he will. Whether he will or not is the real question. The big sigh of relief for Chase is that he gets Saquon Barkley back. Missed the last few games uh, with what was thought to be a high ankle sprain, usually a six-week injury. Barkley's back in, what, uh, three? So best you could have hoped for there. Coming up in a matchup against Arizona, they should lead on him heavy, and he should have a real, real big day. Other side at running back, David Johnson has been very productive for the Cardinals. They're one of the fastest moving offenses in the league, and they like to check down and use him as a receiving option. And the Giants' terrible run, terrible pass defense, number. I don't see their overall. I don't see their overall, but they're 24th against the run, 31st against the pass, so he can get the ball any which way through Sunday. Carry on Johnson will likely see a tough. Matchup against Minnesota, currently number nine against the run, but also has threat as a pass catcher there. Where we could see who is it? He has Valdez Scantling, uh, Nick does, who didn't practice but is still projected to play for Green Bay. It was his other person on the bench, Geronimo Allison, with the concussion that also didn't practice and likely will not play. Green Bay, uh, Green Bay really struggling right now with some of their weapons. with Devontae Adams didn't practice, likely won't play. Geronimo Allison didn't practice, likely won't play. Scantling didn't practice, likely will play. Jimmy Graham didn't practice, likely will play. So if Scantling can be out there, he'll be one of the pieces that Rodgers will need uh, you know, in the game. Again, Oakland not likely to keep pace, but with a lack of options, the opportunity for a big touchdown is always present when you're playing for Green Bay. A uh, big mismatch at tight end in this one. Chase with uh, George Kittle, uh, you know, one of the top tight ends in the league. Not quite what you thought he would be. Hasn't matched his performance from last year so far, but his last two games, uh, eight targets in each, a touchdown in one, and over 100 yards in the other. Playing Washington, he could likely see another big game, whereas on the other side uh, for Nick, he has Dallas Goddard, who is coming back from injury in Philly have been wanting to run two tight end sets, but weren't able to once Goddard got injured. So he's not ranked high. He's not projected high, but it is not outside of the realm of possibility that he could end up with a score in this matchup, especially since Ertz is going to see primary coverage with his ability. Goddard uh, tends to get single coverage or less capable coverage. So would not be surprised if he outscores his projected point total. Defenses, Bears against New Orleans. Uh, Bears coming off the bye, going to New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater has done enough to keep that team winning. We'll see if they have Kamara or not. That'll likely be a huge deciding factor in the outcome of that game. And the Jaguars player in Cincinnati is a favorable matchup, though they no longer have Jalen Ramsey, as we talked about. So this one could be tight, especially with... um. Nick having the stones to put Goff back in the lineup, not that he has another quarterback on his roster, but negative points last week would give anyone pause. But playing Atlanta is the green light because everyone gets the game of their life against Atlanta, it seems. 
uh, on the other side, Chase has a tougher call. He has Carson Wentz, who is fully capable, number eight quarterback on the season, going against Dallas, who's actually uh, number seven against quarterback so far this season. Pretty good defense. And on the bench, he has Josh, Josh Allen, only the number 22 quarterback on the season, but playing Miami in Miami. Even worse than Atlanta, gives it up to everyone. So uh, if he sticks with Wentz, I would not be surprised if Allen actually outscores Wentz on this one because he has a bit more of a rushing ability. Not that he'll need it against Miami, but yeah, I would not be surprised if Allen finishes ahead of Wentz in this weekly's uh, in this week's standings. But I think overall, with Barkley coming back, it's hard to overlook that. Chase would likely be my pick to come out of this one. Again, currently favored by 10, could win by could win by um a lot more if the players that are have their favorable matchups really take advantage of them. Next up, Mr. Ryan Randall versus Dan's got gray hair still. Stopped against with the or stopped with the name changing it seems. Drew sticking with one. Maybe he found his his niche name to just make fun of Dan. Again, uh, with a bold call going with a quarterback that did not do well last week, Gardner Minshew and Drew's lineup against Kirk Cousins on the other side of the ball for Ryan Randall. Kirk Cousins, two big games these past two weeks, seems to have found his footing. Detroit, not much of a threat for the pass catchers, so we could see more of the same from them. Again, he's in a dome, so that's where he's comfortable or used to from being from Minnesota, having played at least the last season in Minnesota. And then running backs, Brita for Drew could have a real big game against Washington. Again, not much of a defense there. So San Francisco could be up early and won't be needing to pass the ball as much. And they could just keep feeding Brita on the ground to keep the clock moving. On the other side, Melvin Gordon, who has not been himself since he's uh, returned to the team, has the tougher matchup against Tennessee, who's been real good at stopping running backs. But uh, the alternative options for each Fournette has been great for uh, the Jaguars, currently running back five on the season. And uh, Cincinnati ranks number 32 against the run. So most likely big game coming for Mr. Fournette, while Drew has Sony Michelle playing the Jets, who's been a bit of a disappointment so far this season. Past two games have been good with uh, 91 yards and a score and 86 yards, uh, 22 touches in his last game against the Giants. But last time they played the Jets, he only had uh, nine attempts for 11 yards, though he did get a touchdown. So, again, this could be one where the Patriots go up early and they just kind of coast and don't lean on their uh, their starters, their um, key guys as much as they would otherwise. Ryan still has a few subs needing to be made. Currently has DJ Moore and D Johnson still in his lineup, both on bye. Uh, he really uh, missed the opportunity to play Royce Freeman. Being a Denver guy, last last night he had his big game, got 23 points with um 35 yards in the score and 32 more yards through the air. The real shame here is one of these players was in his um his flex position. So those who don't know, if you have a player playing Thursday night, it's best to not have them in their flex position because it takes away your flexibility. Right now, he can take someone. Um, 
Yeah, well, never mind. I messed that up because that player's just on by, so he still has that flex position there. The logic holds up. You have a Thursday night player, don't have them in your Thursday night or in your flex position because once they play, that position will be locked. And if you wanted to have a wide receiver or if one of your wide receivers or running backs gets hurt suddenly before the game, it takes away your ability to go into the depth of your bench if you want to play a wide receiver or a running back to replace the injured person. So, but for Ryan, the struggles have been with Hopkins not being the person you drafted him to be. He drafted him to be a number one receiver, currently number 20, has not had that big game as of yet. Other side of the ball, Drew has, um, you know, Drew's been doing well. He has Brandon Cooks, who has not done anything even more so than Hopkins, currently uh, wide receiver 35 on the season. Most yardage he's had in uh, a game so far. He had 112 uh, yards against Cleveland, and that's been his kind of one big performance. Again, playing Atlanta, so it only needs one big play to get a bunch of yards and a score. So he very easily have a very big day. The bold call from Drew was to not put Tyreek Hill in the lineup for the second straight week. He's been waiting on him to come back from injury, and now that he's back, he continues to be on the bench. So it worked out for him last week. But, um, you know, last night, 75 yards uh, and a score with two bonus points for the 40-plus receiving touchdown and 50-plus receiving touchdown. For those who don't recall, we do have bonus points in this league to where if you have those big, big plays or you go over 100 yards, you get your player gets a bonus point. So that's something to factor in for these players that have these, you know, long bomb potentials or long play potentials like Tyreek Hill, like Brandon Cooks does. But with uh, the current projections having Ryan at 111 and Drew at 132, I think, you know, Randall has those substitutions to make. He needs to get T.Y. Hilton in the lineup. He needs to get Anthony Miller in the lineup with those um, flipped. The projections, uh, you know, move into his favor. And I think if Cousins can keep going, if Fournette can have the game he should have against Cincinnati, then this could be um, an upset win for Ryan Randall with um, receiver T. Um, Terry McLaurin, who's been doing great for Washington. He's playing a very stout San Francisco um, defense, and with uh, he's going to be all over everyone's radar because he's been producing, and they need to stop him if they want to win. But um, Washington will likely be behind, so they're going to be throwing. So, again, he could see those those big yardage plays coming his way. So this one I think will be, will be tight, but I like Randall's chances of pulling, pulling off the upset in this one. The last one is my own matchup uh, against Zachy. I don't really know how to be terribly objective because I'm just talking about things I've done to my own team. So obviously I believe in what I've done and I believe to be putting my best foot forward. I believe in uh, Devin Singletary coming back from injury against Miami um, without, you know, leading running back James Conner, without traded four-piece Mike Evans. So obviously I'm going to favor myself even though I'm behind in the projection, you know, Zachy's four and two. He's no slouch of a team. Dak Prescott's been doing great. Philly's got a bad pass defense. Derrick Henry playing the Chargers. Chargers have a bad run defense, so he could see a lot there. Big question on Zachy's team is if Kamara plays or not. He did not practice. He's been diagnosed with what um, is referred to as a high ankle injury, not a high ankle sprain specifically, but if it's anything like that, he could um, very well miss, um, if not this week, then multiple weeks things he has going well for him he has golden tate who had the big game last week and playing arizona um 
a weak defense with Sterling Shepard still out with concussion. They will have Ingram back and Barkley back, so those are weapons that they can look to use outside of Tate. Last week it was Tate or nothing, so he might see a dip, but um, Arizona's terrible at covering the slot, and that's where Tate will be lined up so we could see continue to see production from him. And um, shining light on Zachy's tight end position, Darren Waller, who was one of his um, free agent pickups early in the season. Waller just signed a contract extension with the Raiders through 2021, 2022, who, um, you know, fantasy aside it's just a really cool story because he was almost out of the league had you know addiction problems um had to go to rehab had to get help and has fought his way back staying clean and sober and now he's reaping those um rewards getting his long-term contract and being a key piece of an offense like the raiders again with tyro williams uh receiver out he's going to be one of the top receivers on this team for some time now so fantasy aside really cool story for him coming back and uh, Zachy leaning on Falcons after that. You know, Calvin Ridley could have the big um, big game he's been looking for against the Rams, who have been giving it up recently to wide receivers. Hopefully Matt Bryant can keep it between the uprights coming this Sunday. Would be nice to see Atlanta get a win. But um, right now, Zachy's probably just hoping on another high-scoring affair so that his players can um, see some action. But outside of that, that's pretty much it. People who are... Uh, struggling, really take a look um, at the waiver wire. There's players out there that could benefit your team. If you wanted to go real, real deep, um, rookie receiver in Green Bay, uh, Alan Lazard, L-A-Z, um, could see a lot of targets from Rodgers this week with uh, Geronimo Allison likely out of concussion, Devontae Adams likely out with uh, toe injury still. So, you know, that's someone that's out there. we got other good options. Jamison Crowder will likely be a target machine for uh, Sam Darnold. Now that Darnold's back, they beat Dallas. They look like a different team with him at quarterback. So that's a receiver that could really help your team. Uh, Dante Pettis um, finally had a bit of a game last week. Hasn't done anything much up to this point, but he's likely the number one receiver in San Francisco. And they're a winning team. So you want players that are on winning teams. But, I mean, everyone seems pretty stout in their positions. Everyone has backups. Daniel finally had the good sense to drop uh, Vinatieri, his number two kicker on his team. He's only like the 22nd kicker in the league right now. So good on you for getting rid of him. Dan Jones still sporting that empty bench spot for whatever reason. I don't know how many times I can point it out before he puts someone back in that lineup. But that's on him. If he wants to play, you know, one person down, then he can continue to do that. That is his prerogative. But outside of that, that is about all I have. Again, just trying to make things interesting for everyone, trying to make this league as fun as it can be and trying to help where I can. It's just um, the free time that I have and the things I like to pay attention to. So this is about 20, what are we at? 26 minutes of your time. If you made it through, thanks for listening. If not, you know, thanks for being my friend. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Best of luck to everyone this week, and we'll see if we do another one of these. If not, worst case scenario, you'll continue to get your uh, weekly recaps that are more uh, fact-presenting. This is more conjecture and opinion on my part, so I thought it'd be easier to just do stream of consciousness off the cuff. So we'll see. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't happen again. But best of luck to everyone. Hope everyone's doing good back home. Things are good over here in Germany. Loving the European lifestyle that we have going for us. So. See y'all in uh what's this we can see you in week eight.